clear blue sky, but it rains all the late fees. Did you get the payment? We had an arrangement. We don't want to watch the news. We just read some What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT Great American Bash 2023. And, of course, joining me, ladies and gentlemen, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Booch Cast, the one, the only, the broke, soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? Dude, yes, it's me, the broke, soulless ginger, generally speaking. I'm not that broke yet And Vinny tonight Was actually pretty good Except for a couple of things But I enjoyed the living shit out of this So alright then Mr. Vinny Bucci Oh here we go Yep And we are here For the Great American Bash Ladies and gentlemen And we are gonna jump right into this Cause it's a premium live event And we're gonna kick things off With our first official match Of the evening Cause we don't fuck With the pre-show around here No we do not And the first official match Of the evening This one Is a good one For the NXT Tag team titles Gallus With Joe Cox 
Coffee defend the titles against the family. At first, we thought we didn't expect this to be the opening bout. We thought it was going to be one match and another match, but this opening match, and I have to say, this was fantastic right here. Thank you, Jesus. But the family did their thing, Gallus did their thing. But the funny thing is, though, at least Cherry Top was in there to help. But that's not the point right there. But those two, man, this was great right here. And Vinny was happier than hell for this. But like you said, this was great. Both teams did a good job because Gallus does a good job. Here's the reason why, Vinny. You want to know why? They say off the top rope, not spot monkey. But otherwise than that, fan fucking tastic. About damn time, Tony D and Zach's got some gold. And if you notice, they were wearing the color orange. If you look at Tony's D pants, he had his inmate number on it. But yep, anyways, Vinny, take this one for us. This was a great opening match, and it had you on the edge of your seat. At one point, there was literally a moment where it looked like Gallus was going to win the match. My heart jumped out of my fucking chest. I was like, free Vinny, free Vinny, free Vinny. He could, then he kicked out. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. No, 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 no. The kick out was what made me go, Jesus, because I literally thought the match was going to end right there, and I would have been so fucking pissed because at this point, Tony D and Stax, they deserve the fucking titles at this point. You know, with the whole storyline, the way it's been going, and, you know, the Don having to overcome, you know, the trumped up charges and getting out of jail and whether or not Stax was going to betray him and finding out it was all a ruse the whole time. They set it all up to go in there and win the tag team titles was fantastic. And just, it was a hard hitting match. There were a few, you know, spot monkey moments, but they were done in a way that was believable. And of course, Tony D reminding everybody this motherfucker can work. The man can hit some suplexes. The man is built like a wrestler. This guy looks the part, plays the part, is the fucking part. And as a stellar fucking spine buster, it's just beautiful to see. And then, you know, the miscommunication from Gallus, the tag team moves they did with the suplexes and the, you know, hitting the guys under the ribs, the body shots that I enjoyed. That's normally what you see Italians do in a fight. That's why, you know, you notice uh, Rocky Balboa, he was doing the, the body shots a lot. He would always go to the body, and that was his thing that he did um, with his opponents when he boxed in the ring. They always say, he goes to the body like you wouldn't believe, like nobody you've ever seen. It's because going to the body was a stellar, you know, move for Italians in boxing and fights in general. They always go to the body and not necessarily to the face too much. So I thought that was very well done. Uh, Joe Coffey trying to distract the referee, that working to their disadvantage, then, of course, getting whacked with the crowbar, the one, two, three, um, you know, uh, uh, fine Irishman helping the Italians win, which was uh, fantastic, and just, you know, I'm excited. Finally, we got some gold around the Don's waist, and it's just fucking stellar, so I, I for one, enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, but one of the funny things is, is when they did, uh, they uh, kind of stole a finishing move from somebody off a collision named FTR, but otherwise in that, whoa, 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 hold the fucking phone for a second here. I'm sorry, what the, are you accusing the Don of being a thief? Did I just fucking hear this? I'm sorry, I, I fucking stole from who? FTR. Who the fuck is FTR? The AEW Tag Team Champions. What the fuck is AEW? You're like, I, I know who the fuck they are. All Elite Wrestling. I don't, well, they don't the sound very company. Fuck, they don't sound very fucking elite to me because I ain't heard of them fuckers or these two guys that you're talking about, this FTR. The, the fuck does FTR stand for? 
Fugazi Troll Rats? Is that what the fuck's going on over here? You're a professional wrestler, Don. You respect FTR. Uh, yeah, I'll respect FTR when they step in the ring with the family, first of all. Second of all, the Don didn't steal from anybody. The Don, the only thing I did was take what was fucking mine, which is the tag team titles with stacks. Now, even though I'm a little upset over here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna maintain my composure. The Don's gonna calm down on this one because I do have to give credit where credit is due. Cherry Top came through for the family. I appreciate it, you know. He earned his 10 G's and his, his keg of sweet water, horrible tasting beer, but nonetheless, I'm gonna pay it to him because that's what the Don does. I'm, the Don, if nothing else, is a businessman and a man of his word. So you got your 10 G's, you got your keg. Um, I believe it was delivered to your house already. Is it? If it's not there, it'll be there. Uh, expect it within the next uh, two to three business days, you know. Uh, just saying, hey, the Don, in my defense, the Don's had to get ready for a tag title match. I had to focus on the belt. So if it's not there, it's, it'll be there in two or three business days. If it ain't there, uh, uh, let me know and I'll uh, make the necessary arrangements. Sorry. I ain't going to tell you to give me a call because I ain't giving out my number over here. Uh, in fact, I'm not even on a cell phone. I'm on a fucking pay phone. I, they found the one pay phone in fucking Texas. Who knew? Oh. Hey, yeah, they, I keep my, I keep any cell phone conversations I have, I got to keep them short. You know what I'm saying? They can fucking trace you anywhere. But anyway, Cherry Top came in, whacked that fucking coffee prick with a cold crowbar. That was fucking beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. That was a work of fucking art, you know? I can tell you one thing. Cherry Top knows how to work a crowbar. So uh, you can't do it, Cherry Top. You know, I don't always give you praise, but I'm letting you know right now you stepped up. Don't think I don't notice that. Thank you so much. And once we're not arguing. Well, yeah, I'm fucking happy. I'm happy. <laughs> got my fucking belts. You got your fucking money. Hopefully you don't do nothing stupid with it. But uh, uh but still have your fun. I'm just saying, don't don't spend it all in one place. I'll try not to. All right. Well, uh, like I said, I'm gonna be celebrating with the tag fucking titles. And uh, yeah. By the way, um, I kept the orange uh, pantsuit part because just it hey, it felt good, and I had the number on the side because it reminds me of uh, you know, my past struggles and the new beginnings. That is true, sir. You know, it's you know, it's very important. I mean, Cherry Top, you know that better than anybody. You you still got your pants and number? No. Ah, uh, you don't keep the mementos I see over here. No. I guess you're trying to forget those days, right? Yes. It's not very fun, though. I'll tell you that. Well, well, for him, it wasn't fun. For me, I had, you know, full-course meals, and, you know, everybody treated me with the respect that I deserve, but at least I didn't have to go to fucking trial, thank God for that. My own, God forbid. But anyway, uh, Cherry Top, thanks again. Salud. Well, nice to see you guys finally getting along. I don't have to break up any goddamn stupid fights. But yeah, Family One, couldn't be happier. So glad to see where they go from here. And on that note, we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening. We had a Weapons Wild match. Roxanne Perez goes one-on-one -on -one against Blair Davenport. Meh. 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 Sloppy. At times. Yeah, it was very sloppy. But then again, it was meh. These two ladies, they told their story. It was hard-hitting. I mean, Roxanne Perez trying to be the babies, comes out there, hugs his sister, hugs him up. Blair Davenport was struggling with her and everything else. Boo! And, uh, yeah, typical. Wonderful. I think it was just calming down the people, the fans, after that match with uh, the tag team match. Well, this was just okay. Maybe Vinny can explain a bit better than me. He usually does. <laughs> well, that's because I have a more of an analyst background, uh, but you're learning. You know, you're you're learning slowly but surely. You know, li little things can help, like being closer to the microphone. But anyway, uh, we're not going to get into that. I am going to say, though, that um, I enjoyed this match for what it was. Like, I knew going in, it was going to be mostly hard-hitting, hardcore weapons and everything else. When you know you're going to have a match like Weapons Wild or Weapons Involved, that's going to be the bulk of the match. And 
here's the thing. If it spits the stipulation and it's the only match on the card that's going to do that, then I'm fine with it. So it's not necessarily a weapons match I have problems with. It's when every fucking match on the card does that, which you see a lot of in other promotions, AEW and ECW and many others. I like it when it's only like we have one weapons match. That's the only match where we're going to see a bunch of weapons. If we see anything else in any other matches, it's going to be a weapon preferably not used in this match. Like, for example, in the tag title match, what weapon did you see? A bat and a crowbar. Did you see a bat in this match? No, you did not. Did you see a crowbar in this match? No, no we, we did, did not. not. What did we see? Every fucking thing else. Except for a ladder, thank God. Yeah, and there were no title belts used, which were used throughout most of the show. We'll get into more of that a little later. So, it, w- it had the variety, and it was the violent, hard-hitting match, and Davenport did phenomenal in this match. Davenport did a great job being a heel, and she showed her heel skills, putting Roxanne through the hell, beating the crap out of her, making her sister in the crowd cry, but doing it the right way, you know, not not throwing a drink in her face, not smacking her, not, you know, doing anything inappropriate, just showing her Roxanne's battered body, and just kind of showing off and making her scared or, sma- or doing that thing with the belt where you go, where you snap it, you know, like people used to do to like intimidate you and stuff, like parents and shit when they were gonna whip you with the belt, you know, there's ways to make that happen, and Davenport did it perfectly, and of course, Roxanne Perez responded the way she did, and you know, it was her hometown, so I had a strong feeling she was gonna go over, in fact we predicted the finish yeah, yeah, we did. right when we saw it was gonna happen I, I, I'm seeing it, I'm going, look, she's gonna hit Pop Rocks on the goddamn chairs, and she's gonna get the win, what happened? Pop Rock Rocks on the chairs, chairs. one, yeah, two, two, three, three. anticlimactic, and not happy with, because as I mentioned before, I don't believe in Roxanne Perez I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't get into it, I'm not into the hype, I don't find her entertaining, and I don't believe her as a badass killing machine, you know, she, to me when I see her, I see a worker who goes through the motions and is incapable of getting over any other way, I'm sorry she's just not good, I don't believe her as a champion, I don't believe her as a badass and she's doing the underdog shit and here's the problem, there's too many underdogs in WWE there's too many underdogs in the company, okay, everybody's trying to play the underdog gimmick and it doesn't work when it's used on the same people over and over again or multiple people over and over again. You got Roxanne Perez down here. You got Liv Morgan on the main roster. I'm sick of seeing it. It's same shit, different people. I don't, I, 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 I can't even get over Liv Morgan. I'm not even a fan of Liv Morgan. So why would I even be a fan of Roxanne Perez? It's the same shit. I don't like underdog stories. I've seen too many of them. They're overplayed and overdone. So the win did not excite me. It was anticlimactic and I was just happy for the match to be over. Although I will say I did like the bull rope concept was in there. You know, she, she picked out the bull rope, bashed it repeatedly, which made sense. It's Texas. It's Dusty Rhodes country. Dusty was known for bull rope matches, and it was exciting. Hey, Vinny. What? You know, this match was boring as shit. You know what couldn't we needed to make this match a little bit more exciting? What would be that? More cowbell. You wanted more cowbell? More cowbell. Well, of course, you know, I gotta have more cowbell, baby. You know, it's what you need in the fucking match. I had a fever, and the only prescription was more cowbell. I gotta have more cowbell, especially in a match where you're trying to make yourself the cock of the walk, baby. Somebody from Virginia is gonna call us up and go, You gimmick-stealing motherfuckers! Gator. I'm sorry, how am I stealing gimmicks? I'm doing an impersonation. There's a difference. No, he's gonna probably talk to me 
about it. Oh yeah, but I don't know why because it's you're not, we're not stealing gimmicks. We're doing an impersonation. Nope. There's no wrestler in wrestling that does the more cowbell. More cowbell. All right, moving on. Yes. On that note, we will move on uh, to the next match of the evening. <laughs> this one's gonna be interesting. We have Baron Corbin going one on one against the debuting Gable Stevenson. I thought this match actually was me. Here's a reason why. It was a double counter after six minutes and 36 seconds. Normally, I would say of our lives that we can't pick back and get back, but apparently, Gator Ricky Ross gets upset about that. But otherwise, than this, I mean, this was not exciting. I mean, I, maybe I'm just upset or the fact that Gabriel Steve's been hyped up and his in-ring debut is out in a double counter. So, with that being said, Vinny, you take this one because, Well, here's the thing. Yes, it ended a double count out, and I'm not too happy about it, but to a degree, I can understand why, and I think it's because they're trying to rebuild Baron Corbin. They're trying to resurrect his career from all the bullshit that he's gone through, and they didn't want him to take a loss at a premium live event. Also, they have big plans for Gable Stevenson. This guy is a two-time NCAA national champion. He's an Olympic gold medalist. Legit Olympic gold medalist. It's not like they put a fake gimmick on him to make him the next Kurt Angle. He legit won the fucking gold medal. So, it makes sense. He came out to the ring, uh, came out during with his uh, uniform on and with the gold medal. But during the match, did you say, you're not Angle. Da, 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 da. And Vinny and I were like, well, no shit, he's not Kurt Angle. I don't know why they were saying that. He was getting booed and cheers. Like, okay, Baron Coleman's the heel, but you guys are booing the face, and I like Gable Stevenson, but just well, that, Well, that's the thing. I, the thing is, they're not they're not buying into Gable Stevenson because they think he's a knockoff of Kurt Angle. And he's not. It's like it's kind of like when, when wrestlers go into Hollywood and stuff, like they think they're trying to be The Rock, or you're not The Rock. It's like, they're not trying to be The Rock. They're trying to get a movie career going. Just because just cause you're doing something that somebody else did doesn't mean you're imitating that person, you know? Like, I see people that, it's like, that would be like when a wrestler does the figure four, and I say, you're not Ric Flair. Or when I see wrestlers chopping each other continuously, it's like, you're not Flair and Steamboat. I could say that. There's so much shit I see in wrestling today, where I can look at somebody and go, they're clearly fucking copying somebody else. Hell, I can look at Moxley and say, you're not Cactus Jack. There's there's so many different things you can say. But the fact is, the reason we can say Gable Steveson's not Kurt Angle is because, first of all, we can clearly see it's a different person, but also, they're doing the same, all they're doing is capitalizing on a real-life situation. He legit won an Olympic gold medal in 2020. How else do you market an Olympic-style wrestler? By having him come to the ring and be a wrestler. But for whatever reason, the crowd couldn't get behind him. And they cheered for Baron Corbin, which I have never seen a crowd cheer for fucking Baron Corbin. The last time they cheered for Baron Corbin was when he debuted in NXT and was squashing motherfuckers left and right during the black and gold era before they eventually started booing him because they got sick of the gimmick. So I don't know what they're going to do with Gable next, but if the crowd continues to boo him, he may have to go heel and figure out what to do. But I just felt like this is a stupid reason to hate Gable Stevenson because he is a badass athlete. He is a hell of a wrestler. He put on a great match against Baron Corbin. Yes, it ended in a double count out, but they think they did it to protect both these guys. And I think the hate that Gable Stevenson is getting is fucking stupid. But with time, I'm sure Gable will capitalize because obviously he needs to work on his promos, but you know who else struggled with their promos in the beginning? Who? Kurt Angle. He wasn't a great who? fucking promo either. Nobody liked Kurt Angle when he first came in, but eventually he started putting on banger matches. He improved on his mic skills and eventually became great. And I know Gable Stevenson will do the same, but we know he's not Kurt Angle, but he is an Olympic wrestler and he is going to wrestle that way because it fits his fucking gimmick. 
and it's legit. It's not like, again, it's not like they're taking a fake wrestler and giving him an Olympic gold medal and saying you're a gold medalist. No, Gable Stevenson is an actual Olympic gold medalist who won the fucking gold medal. So, in my opinion, he deserved respect. And it's fucked up he didn't get it. But then, of course, the brawl afterwards was great. Yeah, the brawl was good. Took a lot of security guards out of there. Then um, Gable Stevenson threw, uh, put um, Baron Corbin through the barricade and he walked up and everybody was booing and cheering. I was like, hey, guys, he's a face. Why are you booing him? Well, he's got to work on his mic skills, but otherwise not. I mean, you can see this. I don't think this is the last of this we're seeing this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know if this is the last we're going to see of this, but they're it, not going to end this rivalry by a double count out. But they'll probably drag it out to no mercy, um, I think. And what they can do is have Gable wrap up some wins, have Corbin rack up some wins, and then eventually they collide at no mercy. And then by then, you have the person go over that you want to go over. And then by then, if either one of them takes a loss, it won't affect them as much. But I think from now until no mercy, they need to start racking up some serious wins and cutting promos on each other and stuff like that. Let's build this story so we can get something out of it. And on that note, we can move on to the next match of the evening. We have a triple threat match for the North American Championship. Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley defends the title against Wesley and Mustafa Ali. Spot fest. Here's the reason when the only entertaining, th- only entertaining person about this whole match was Dominic Mysterio. I like the part where he comes out there and says, holds up the title, like breathing it, shines it up, he was on top of up, flexing his muscles and everything else. And while there's a, uh, there's a, uh, when uh, Mustafa Ali, Wesley were on top row, Duke and I, he got the bottom that just looked at him and goes to pushes him down. I thought that was a good spot right there. But this was a typical spot fest. I mean, for a second there, I thought Wesley was going to retain one spot. I did like Wesley did was he jumped over um, Rhea Ripley and I'm sick of her inter- uh, getting interfering. I mean, did you even, I didn't even like the fact where uh, Rhea Ripley put uh, Riptide uh, Wesley to the announce, uh, announce table. But otherwise, this was your spot fest. Uh, Dominic retained. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, wrestling gods. Vinny, go ahead. I know you have something to say. Well, of course. I mean, this was a crazy-ass match. Hard to keep up with. Um, Dominic, in my opinion, was the best thing about it. I I, the only, I did enjoy the beginning, though, where he was trying to get away. They catch him. Yeah. They beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And also, there were times where Mustafa Ali and uh, Wesley were arguing with each other. Like, Lee would go to chop. Mustafa would duck, and he hit Dominic. And Mustafa tried to hit Wesley. He ducked and hit Dominic. So, they were hitting the spots they wanted to hit, but they would keep hitting Dominic until eventually they did have to fight each other. And because it all boils down to one thing. They both hate Dominic Mysterio for stealing the title, but they both want to be the champion. That's always going to prevent things. So even when you see that two-on-one beatdown happening, just remember at some point, someone's going to go for a cover, the other guy's going to break it up because the other guy wants that title. And that's when the heel can capitalize. And I will say, Mustafa Ali had a really good spot in this match. And that was when he had the uh, the Boston Crab on Wesley. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then the Do- and then Dominic had and but Dominic and the Camel Clutch. Yeah. And that way, it's one of those moments where everyone's tangled up, but Mustafa Ali has the control. So if either man taps out, he wins. So it's not like each of them has submission on the other person. So if he taps out, there's nothing you can do because you don't know who the champion is. You don't know who's going to win or any shit like that. So in my opinion, that was a great fucking spot. Loved every second of it. And then, of course, in the end, um, you know, at one point there was a 450 splash on the ring apron. I thought it was fucking retarded. Again, why do they keep doing apron spots? You're going to cripple yourself. It's a stupid spot. Doesn't need to be done. And that's why I hate spot monkeys and wrestling because they do shit that's sloppy and reckless to the point where they're going to kill themselves one day and it's not impressive to me. Or end up in a wheelchair. And, and of course, Rhea Ripley had to get involved, which annoyed me to a degree, but I will admit, um, her using the riptide and putting uh, Wesley through the t- through the commentary desk, normally I get pissed 
off when I see spots like that. But because I hate Wesley so fucking much and did not want him to be the North American champion, I allowed it. I mean, I saw this right here. I was like, seriously? Then I looked over at Vinny. He goes like, me, I'm okay with it because I hate that motherfucker. I was, like, I was like, never mind. Yeah. And then at one point, like, it looked like Mustafa Ali was going to win before Ripley pulled him out of the ring. And here's the thing. I would have been perfectly okay with Ali winning because A, it's not Wesley. And B, Mustafa Ali is also somebody that you can make a North American champion that'll put some star power behind that title. Because even though Mustafa Ali, he's not really much on the main roster, coming to NXT because of what he's done on the main roster makes him a star down there. So having him as North American champion would still be a good thing to see. And I would enjoy that immensely. So that's why I was perfectly okay with that happening. But of course, uh, Dominic hits the frog splash, gets the win, retains the title, fucking enjoyed it because I feel like Dominic is doing a lot with this championship and I feel like the Judgment Day in that regard is going to bring ratings to NXT because that's something they're, they, that they need is they need ratings. That's why they're bringing these guys down to NXT and why they're allowing them to do the things that they do because they're trying to get people to tune into NXT, to watch NXT and the more people you get to tune into NXT, the higher the ratings go up and the more you can take it seriously. That's why I'm glad that they were able to do this in Texas and do it in an arena in front of a crowd instead of having it in the fucking NXT Performance Center, whatever the fuck they're calling it. You know, I, I prefer it, the takeovers or the premium live events to be in front of crowds outside of the NXT taping place because it allows them to show that they can draw a crowd, which they did because that, that building was pretty full. It was full. I'm not saying it was sold out. I don't know for sure, but based on what I saw, there were no empty seats. None whatsoever. All right. Yeah. And of course, uh, one thing we kind of glanced at, we'll talk about here is uh, uh, Valkyra and JC Jane got into a fight backstage. Rhea Ripley loved it. And of course, this led to uh, this coming Tuesday on NXT. They're going to go one-on-one. On free TV, which I'm not very happy about. You've been building these two ladies up in this big of a promo and this heated Riley, and you fuckers want to put it on free TV. You guys suck. Fuck off. Vinny, your thoughts. Well, they hadn't really done much with it. So there's not, I mean, there's been a buildup, but not much of a buildup. In fact, I forgot they were even feuding until Rhea grabbed Valkyra by the neck and said, you know, show me. You can beat JC Jane. So unless something happens on Tuesday that causes them to drive this out to no mercy, I think it's going to end that day. And um, like I said, they they haven't done enough with it to make it pay-per-view worthy. So I'm, I'm okay with it in that regard because they're not really, they haven't really built this up. They haven't talked much about it. And like I said, I forgot all about it. I didn't even remember they were feuding. I haven't seen JC Jane on TV, so I forgot she was there. And on that note, we're going to move on here to the next match of the evening for the NXT Women's Championship. We have a submission match. Tiffany Stratton defends the title against Thea Hale with Duke Hudson and Andre Chase. I don't know what to think of this. This These two ladies have been building up a promo. I will say this, and hope Vinny doesn't disagree with me or a couple of the other people out there, except for your neck big fucking marks. This was sloppy as shit. Am I right or am I wrong, Vinny? You're right to a degree. I mean, I mean, Thea, I mean uh, the, 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 Tiffany Stratton tried to pin Thea Hale and realized, oh, wait a minute, this is a submission match. I can't do that right there. But, I mean, it was just sloppy as hell. I mean, it was just too slow. And, uh, I mean, but then they started to pick it up a lot. They got a lot of moves in. And, um, Tiff, and then everybody saw, once again, Tiffany Stratton did tap. But mm, I guess they're working, making this angle work. And then um, she put, uh, Tiff Stratton put the bottom 
Boston Crab or the one-legged Boston Crab, Anthea Hill, kept on pushing her pressure on her back, uh, her poor fucking back, and uh, Andre Chase had no choice but to throw in the towel. And speaking of that towel, Vinny, I'm assuming you have something to say about this? Yeah. Um. Obviously, that's not quite the finish I wanted to see. I was hoping Thea Hale would finally win the women's title. I felt like they were building to that. However, if Tiffany was going to go over, I would prefer the throwing in of the towel because that way Thea doesn't tap out. So it's like Thea didn't give up. Chase gave up for her. So that's why it, it pays to have somebody throw in the towel in certain situations. So it's like, okay, this person's not going to give up, but they need to because, you know, live the fight of the day. It's kind of like in boxing or UFC. You know, if the person's unresponsive, you know, you owe it to your fighter to throw the towel in. But most people aren't going to do it because most fighters are like, don't you stop this fucking fight. Don't stop the fight. That's kind of what we talked about when we did the UFC episode of uh, Dark Side of the 90. I think it was part one or two. I can't remember which one. It was part one? Yeah. Where we talked about how the the, the main referee said that he was going to quit unless they instituted a rule where if they're, if the trainers aren't going to throw in the towel, the referee needs to be able to stop the fight if the person is clearly unresponsive. Otherwise, you're just sitting there watching a guy get pummeled who has no business getting pummeled. Like, that's why the UFC went from being a no-rules combat sport to having to throw some rules in eventually because shit was getting goddamn ridiculous. Getting out of hand. Especially if they wanted to get sanctioned and taken seriously by athletic commissions. So, they threw that in there where the referee can stop the fight. Well, the referee wasn't going to stop because she didn't tap out. So, usually the ref doesn't stop the fight unless the person passes out. So, unless she passed out from the pain or was being choked and choked out, then she might, then the referee might stop the fight. But Chase opted opt to throw in the towel. And I'm curious to see how this is going to affect Chase U moving forward. Like, is Thea Hale going to be pissed off and want to break away from Chase? you? Is Duke Hudson going to look at Andre as a quitter and want to leave Chase U? Like, what's going to happen here that's going to cause dissension within Chase U? Because you can't tell me Thea's not going to be looking to cuss out Andre for throwing in the towel. Even if it was the right thing to do, no fighter wants to have the towel thrown in. So you know there's going to be some type of discussion or argument or something. Yeah, Tuesday, there's going to be some discussion about that. Maybe um, you never know. Duke Hudson and Thea Hill get pissed off at uh, Andre Chase maybe leave Andre Chase or throw him out uh, of Chase U. We'll find out next Tuesday. Yeah. Or this upcoming Tuesday. Yeah, this upcoming Tuesday. It will be Monday. Yay. Don't worry, folks. I'm on a three-day vacation. (laughs) Yes. And, of course, overall, though, I did enjoy this match. I thought these women tore the house down. Yes, there were some sloppy moments, like um, uh, Thea went for some kind of dive outside the ring and Tiffany did something to catch her. Yeah, we saw each other. It was like, what the fuck was that? I go like, that was sloppy shit. That was a clear botch. Although, botch. although Thea did redeem herself later on when she went back and did it later on in the match. So they were able to fix it. Uh, I did like one spot though was uh, when Tiffany went for the surfboard stretch. She wrapped up the legs and then pulled up her hair. Yeah, you and mentioned grabbed that. Her. Because there's this move and you see it a lot and you might know this from the wrestling video games mostly. But you all see it a lot is they'll do this thing where they wrap the legs and they go for the arms but they'll like smack the kidneys or the love handle areas like the sides of a, guy, of a wrestler and that's how they're able to grab the arms and pull back. I never understood that fucking spot. I always thought it looked phony and dumb. I, I, I maybe maybe somebody can explain it to me. Maybe there's something about the human body.
body that makes that logical. Maybe if Gator was here, he could explain it, but I don't fucking get it, and I think it's stupid. So the fact that she went, fuck it, pulled her hair up, grabbed her, and then was able to get the arms and pull them back and do the surfboard stretch, I thought was a great spot. Um, I also liked uh, the modified Kimura. I thought was great. And then, apparently, at one point, uh, Stratton got to the ropes. There's no rope break, and Stratton managed to pull herself out of the ring, which forced Thea to break the hold. Or Thea broke it on her own. We couldn't tell. Uh, but obviously, there's no rope breaks. Thea shouldn't have broken the hold. But here's my gripe with this. How the fuck do you have a submission match with no rope breaks? I don't know. I don't make the rules or write or whatever. I understand there's like, wait a minute. In a submission match, you don't have a rope break rule? <laughs> Makes no sense. It doesn't. It's fucking stupid. And then they say it's no disqualification. I don't recall a submission match ever being no disqualification. Ever, 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 ever. I always thought a submission match was just you locked in a submission and you tapped somebody out and that was how you won the match. You just couldn't do pinfalls. So a rope break should be in a submission match. That should be a thing. True. So whoever came up with the idea of no rope breaks in a submission match, you're a fucking idiot. That is one of the dumbest stipulations I've ever heard because the rope break is what breaks the submission. So you should have it in that match. I mean, I can understand having no rope breaks in like a no holds barred match or a no DQ or false count anywhere or fucking any other type of match. Extreme rules, anything. I get why you would have no rope breaks in that match. But a submission match or even an ultimate submission match, which is basically an Iron Man match with only submissions. Those should have rope breaks. All of them should have rope breaks. Because the whole purpose of having someone locked in a submission is to see the person, preferably the baby face, crawling to the rope. That's why heels usually have submissions for finishes. Now, baby faces can have those too because they need them for matches like this. But most of the time, submission finishes went to the heels because it put the baby face in the utmost jeopardy where he could lose. It was easy to get heat. And baby faces usually have bump finishes because they can hit it out of anywhere to anyone at any time and go right back to selling. Like you can hit a drop kick, go right back down. So submission was great because it allowed you to sell and milk it until finally you grab that rope. And what happens to the crowd? They come up. Why? Because you were in danger of losing. To take a rope break out of a submission match kills the psychology. You fuck with the story of the match by not allowing someone to escape a submission by grabbing the rope. You've lost the anticipation right there. So right there, I knew this match was doomed from a psychology standpoint. So of course, Tiffany Stratton locks in the Boston Crab, which I think going forward needs to be a submission finisher for Tiffany Stratton. Because this is her first submission match. She just retained the title with it. That needs to be her thing. Make it the Boston Crab. If you want to give it a different name, give it a different name. She even switched to a single leg crab at one point, which I thought was genius on her part. So aside from a few sloppy moments in the match, both these women did great. This was a fantastic match and it had a finish that was needed if the heel was going to go over. But the thing I'm most pissed off about is, is taking out the rope break. That was unnecessary. That's stupid. Whoever came up with that idea needs to be smacked in the face repeatedly with a fucking tire iron because you are a moron. And with that said, uh, we also find out um, on this particular episode of NXT, we find out that uh, this coming Tuesday, uh, there's going to be an interrogation with the schism because they're going to 
find out which of the people in the masks fuck them over in the six man tag. Three brothers. And here's a funny thing. They said we're gonna rip off. The, we're gonna have them reveal their masks and find out who they are. Everyone's gonna take their masks off. And I think Zach might be right because he thought it was the Creed brothers. So as soon as they said we're gonna take their masks off, I'm like, it's the Creed brothers. My ego's gonna go through the roof. Oh yeah. If 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 you're watching NXT this coming Tuesday and they reveal that that is in fact what happened, be prepared to see Zach brag all fucking night. All fucking night. This guy's gonna brag the whole night. And on that note, we're gonna move on here to the main event of the evening for the NXT Championship. Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams defends the title against Ilya Dragunov. I mean, it's fantastic main event. Very good main event. One problem I had at the beginning, it kind of started off slow, but these two find to build it up, build it up. I mean, Dragunov did his thing, Melo did his thing, but what was really funny was when um uh, he was off the top rope, Dragunov, um, uh, what's it, Dragunov? Jumped off the Carmelo Hayes, hit the cold breaker, and then uh, they tried to uh, try to do nothing but net, and actually misses and gets hit with a power bomb. I mean, these two gentlemen, the chops and everything else, and it was funny when they kept on doing the chops, they kept on doing Ric Flair's, woo! Is that a, did they do that with every company when somebody does a chop like that? Well, yes, because Ric Flair was known for his chops, and, you know, there were other wrestlers that were known for chopping as well, like Wahoo McDaniel was the one of the originators of the chop. Uh, Steamboat did a lot of chops as well. Uh, Big Show and Andre were known for their overhand chops. Like, Flair did one where he goes across the chest, uh, but Andre and Big Show and guys like them, they would come over the top and, like, smack you like a frying pan. That was kind of the different way they would do that. I have a question. Sure. Would you rather take a chop from Ric Flair or Andre? Ric Flair, every time. No slap from Andre there, Vinny? No, because Rick will just uh, make my chest red. Andre will knock my heart clear out of my ass. <laughs> He'll smack my heart out of place. It will go through my intestines and straight out my ass. I will shit my heart out of my body if Andre whacked me. I, he would have to hit me on the right side. That would have to be the only request I would make. So that way, at worst, I just have a punctured peck. You know, something like that. and Or, you know, or or the ribs on this side get fucking, like, cracked or whatever. But if he hits me on the left, I will shit my heart. Literally. I'm holding my chest right now. It's like, no. Yeah. I'm not oh. I'm not taking a chop from fucking Andre. I mean, no. Now, of course, I'm referring to a live Andre. Yeah. If you, you know? I'm like, like, say, like, people like to call the wrestling world fake. We'll get back to his head. And he, just say to that dude. I'm like, and remember in, in Young Rock what he did with the, with the young guy? With the young guy? Like, well, it's all fake. And he gets up. Does this feel fake? No. He's not fake. We never say the F word. Compron? Okay. Good. Good. Now we, we hug. hug. <laughs> it proves to the world that that man was actually a gentle person as long as he liked you. <laughs> Randy Savage. Anyways, go ahead, Vinny. Well, yeah. Well, obviously, he knew The Rock was a kid, but he still needed to learn that lesson. That's why he said, now we hug after he did that, because he did love the kid, you know, but he still needed to learn a valuable lesson. And Andre knew. That's why he lifted him up and said, does this feel fake? Instead of doing what he would do to, like, a normal human being, like a, like a grown adult who said that, he would fucking grab you by the neck, lift you up and say, does this feel fake? But because he, he had to learn a lesson. You never say the F word. N never, ever, ever, ever. That That's a lesson he learned. And then and what's funny is later on in that scene, uh, when uh, Dwayne was at school, this one kid called wrestling fake yeah, and punched yeah, him in the face yeah. and said, you don't no, say, the, say the, F the F word. And because that what it was about. Like th th They take that word seriously. And a lot of people don't fucking understand that. That is the worst thing you can say to a professional wrestler is that what they do is fake. It's the worst thing you can say. It really 
is. Or, or tell a baseball player when he gets hit by a pitch that, yeah, that doesn't have to hurt, and they're going to tell you, yeah, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> well, okay, well, that's different. You're just an idiot at that point. That's baseball. Yeah. I'm talking wrestling. You know, it's, it's a different story here. You know, if, if you're looking at a baseball player getting hit with a baseball and you think that doesn't hurt, you're a fucking idiot. You're even dumber than the person that calls wrestling fake. Just trying to make it similar. I, you, you tried. You tried. I'll get, you get an A for effort. Yeah. But it was a bad example. I know. I get the participation trophy. Uh, this is the Boochcast. We don't hand out participation trophies. <laughs> All right. Sorry, what the fuck do you think this is? A libtard convention? No. After what the fuck we've been seeing. And trust me, we got something to say about that here soon. We got a big surprise coming yeah. up, folks. No participation trophies in a small town. Anyway, um, back to this match. I will say, again, phenomenal match. Yeah, it was. Like I said, they chopped the crap out of each other in this match. It was very well done. These guys, it was hard hitting. Like I said, like you said, it started off boring. I, it was like, I, I'm falling asleep. I'm yawning during this thing. Then I yawned. Then yeah. yawned again. It was like, it was getting boring. I'm not going to lie. But it revved up and got better as it progressed, which in some cases is how you want a match to go. Especially if this match is going to go on for a long time because that's a common mistake that a lot of wrestlers make is they try to do too much too fast and then that way it, it gets, you get blown up or it's not as interesting when you get, you know, to the end of it. So you got to be very mindful of situations like that. Like for example, this match was 24 minutes and 7 seconds long. So when you're going to have a match that goes that long, you have to pace it. That's why you see a lot of the opening matches will go quickly and the main event or the big matches they do a little slow pace it's because they have more time the, the other matches go shorter so they're trying to fit as much stuff in as possible which a lot of times is a mistake you don't have to get all your shit in that's a common mistake you want to tell a story in the ring and put on a great match and here's the thing if you can't tell a story in a five minute match why the fuck would I give you a 15 minute match that's that's the, the thing 10. that's what people understand about wrestling is if you can't tell a story in five minutes you're not a good worker because you should have enough skill to work with the time you have and I know that from stand-up comedy there's a lot of times like when we're doing the open mics most open mics we get five minutes depending on how many people sometimes I'll do four minutes three minutes and it challenges you sometimes it's hard to get jokes in in two minutes sometimes if, if you're a storyteller you got maybe one joke with a bunch of punchlines in it so you're getting all this shit in and then sometimes you're going thank you very much and you might be funnier than the guy who tries to jam five jokes into a two-minute set it might not be as great so it's about making that audience laugh with the time that you have and it prepares you to get to an hour or you know in comedy like I'm able to do I can do an hour on stage now and here's the thing when I do an hour on stage I pace it better I drag it out better you know that's when I those are the rare moments where I interact with the crowd more which I normally don't do like if I'm doing a five minute set it's joke 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 don't talk to me but if I'm doing an hour long set I might talk to somebody for a moment I might go off on this little tangent I might make this story go longer than I normally go because I have that time limit but when you're crammed in that's when you gotta do the challenge of right 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 joke 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 so like I said if you can't if you can't put on a great match in five minutes don't expect to get a 20 so I can understand why they kind of had to pace that out a little bit but they made it work like I remember that one moment where Dragunov hit that that finish where he like does a forearm while the guy's lying down we thought that was it right there we're thinking it's done boom he kicks out boy we were wrong we, he kicked out we're like, whoa this match we actually had the edge of our seat which we haven't had in a long time yeah and then of course um you know you know uh Melo goes to another one and goes when I shoot I don't miss well you missed on that one and then of course what I loved about this was towards the end when Trick went over and said give me a title the reason I loved that was because earlier in the night during the North American title match Rhea Ripley did the same thing and she did that to taunt wrestlers or bring in the belt to hit somebody with it or whatever so when I saw Trick say give me that title there's that part of me that's like oh shit 
he about to help Carmelo cheat? Is Carmelo about to turn heel again? Or is Trick gonna cheat and Melo's gonna get mad about it? Like, what's gonna happen? But then he grabs the title and he says, and he tells him, like, you're the champion. This is what you're fighting for. This is what you're fighting for right here. Are you a fraud or are you a champion? Are you a fraud or are you a champion? And you see that he's putting it in his face to motivate Carmelo to get up out his ass and get back in the fight. Are you a fraud or are you a champion? Because if you lose this match, they gonna think you a fraud. So show the world you ain't a fraud. And that motivated Melo to get back up as they traded shots back and forth. You can clearly tell these two are on Dream Street. They, 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 they don't know what the fuck's going on. But they're getting their, they get their win back, they get everything back, and, you know, they're trading strikes. It was violent, and you had no idea where it was gonna go until he hit that, uh, that, that Russian torpedo thing, or whatever the fuck he calls it, the Basically Mos- a Russian headbutt. Headbutt, yeah. Like a Moscow torpedo or something like that? Yeah, it's called a Moscow torpedo. Okay, and he hits, uh, Trick Williams with it, Mm -hmm. and apparently his head also hit the NXT title, which we didn't catch that. No, we didn't. At least not from the angle that we saw it from. So they're they're saying that's why he was all dazed and shit when Hayes got him back in the ring and hit the nothing but net. One, two, three. Carmelo Hayes is still the NXT champion, and I can't even be upset that he's still champion because A, it was a fucking stellar main event. Stellar. And two, because Carmelo still has credible challengers that could beat him for that title. Because again, that's the key thing you want to look at. It's once you start running out of credible people is when a title reign gets very stale. And Carmelo still got plenty of people in that locker room that if they were to take the title from him, it would look believable. Yes. The top two I can think of off the top of my head, Baron Corbin and the Don. If if they when they ever drop the tag team titles, I want to see Tony D go for the NXT title. How about Noam Dar? Never in a billion fucking years. If Noam Dar goes for the NXT title, Carmelo better squash that bitch. Carmelo better kill that bitch. I don't ever want to see Noam Dar win the NXT title. He's the type of guy, that match should be on free TV. Don't waste that shit on a fucking pay-per-view. Don't you ever put Noam Dar in the main event of a fucking pay-per-view. That man is garbage and so is his fucking talk show. And his goddamn faction in that stupid-ass cup. I know Nathan Fraser has it, but I don't care. It's a stupid-ass cup. And the hair bugs me too. That's a waste of goddamn time. And a waste of time. Alright, Benny. Yeah, so um, the quick question now is, where do they, where does everybody go from here is going to be the question. Um, obviously, I think, I don't know if Dragunov's going to want a rematch because he got hit with that NXT title. Uh, I don't know if Carmelo Hayes is going to have a new challenger coming forward because uh, right now they're still trying to figure shit out. But we'll find out this Tuesday on uh, NXT. Zach, of course, will be back in the driver's seat, uh, as, of course. And because this came out on Monday, uh, I'm going to give another plug here for tomorrow. Uh, we have a classic pay-per-view review coming out that Zach is also on. It's the uh, WWE SummerSlam 2018. That's going to drop on Tuesday. So make sure you guys check that out. And then, of course, Wednesday will be our NXT recap. So you get three days of Zach. Ladies and gentlemen, two new episodes and one being a classic. And uh, that, that ladies, <laughs> and that ladies and gentlemen will wrap up this recap of the NXT Great American Bash. Zach, as always, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. And uh, I'll see you this Tuesday. You'll see me Tuesday. All right, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting 
dropping sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the episode of the male soap opera moment where we gave our predictions for Money in the Bank. Find out who was right and who was wrong. Also, check out my appearance on the Lucky Woo show. I was excited to be part of that show. Uh, again, a shout out to uh, Wendy and Ken for having me as guests on their show. I look forward to uh, appearing on again uh, at some point in the future. And of course, be on the lookout for the recap that we did of Money in the Bank for the male soap opera moment. And here's a special thing that we did. Because so much time has gone by, not only did we do a brief recap of Money in the Bank, we also gave our predictions for WWE SummerSlam all in one episode. So make sure you check this one out as it will be uh, the last episode you see before SummerSlam. So check that out. It's going to be a hell of a great episode and it will be featured on the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, Check out the latest episodes of Complaint Time where uh, we dealt with a broken coffee machine and we teach servers how to properly stack the plates in the restaurant because apparently some of y'all haven't figured this shit out so Zach felt the need to talk to you so also make sure you follow us on Twitch go to twitch.tv slash the boochcast that's where we do our live wrestling watch parties our next watch party will be Saturday August the 5th this coming Saturday for WWE SummerSlam so make sure you join us for the biggest party of the summer and of course we have our live D&D show coming soon our boochcast booking battle and another special project in the works and you can support the boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the boochcast slash support become a supporter of the boochcast support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes we have three levels you can donate at pick the one that works the best within your budget we have our first level which is 99 cents one dollar per month we have our second level which is 499 five dollars per month the same amount of money you would pay for a peacock subscription i know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the peacock so don't give them money give us money we got better content than peacock anyway and we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere 9.99 ten dollars per month the same amount of money you used to pay for a wb network subscription here in the united states ever since they sold to the peacock you got nowhere to put that 9.99 so to that 9.99 bring it over here we got better content than network and unlike endeavor we actually care about our fans are dedicated giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed good old Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and continue our endless crusade to try to get him laid, even though he puts multiple speed bumps in his own fucking way. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then... Pizza Only ba- you can prevent forest fires. On a premium live event, you're going to pull this shit? Yes. Yes, I am. Why do I fucking put up with this guy? Because you love you so much, and I'm more loyal than anybody ever else. And I know how to ha- I get rid of a body. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs>
Well, I see by the clock on the wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. Eddie. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.